stop, look no further, this is exactly what you've been waiting for. You're about to hear the second installment in a series called Restoring the Walls, based on a book by our very own pastor, Edwin Perez. If you're ready to replace doubt and disappointment with the faith that overcomes, then lean in and take notes. Here's Pastor Kiel Hauser with today's message called Restoring the Broken Pieces. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, V1 Church. I am so excited to get to be with you today and to talk to you about restoring your walls and living the life Jesus died for you to live. I am so thankful for our pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie, for giving me the opportunity to be with you and for being all around just awesome. Can we just give a shout for our pastors? And of course, shout out to Pastor Eddie for this book. What an incredible resource, right? I don't know about you, but I have been highlighting and underlining throughout the whole thing. I'm always examining the walls of my life to see which ones need to be rebuilt. And this book describes what the Bible says about boundaries and how to properly care for your spiritual life, growing it into a flourishing and intentional relationship with God. And this is the perfect time for us to determine what our hearts need and how we can give attention and care. And I believe that God is gonna do great things as you go through these pages and apply these biblical principles to your life. So let's just jump in. Um, in order to set the tone for you, I'd like to take you to a significant moment in the Bible. In Luke chapter four, after 40 days of fasting and being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus went back into civilization. I'm gonna start reading at verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I don't know about you, but this, just picture it with me for a second, is a mic drop moment. Jesus just walked into the temple of the town he grew up in, the town where they know him as Jesus the carpenter, the son of Mary and Joseph. He stands up in front of everyone, including all the religious leaders, and basically says, I am the Messiah you've been waiting for. This prophecy, the one that I just read, the one that Isaiah wrote hundreds of years ago, yeah, that's about me. This is the point where Jesus finally went public with his identity and purpose on the earth. And when I imagine it in my head, I imagine everyone's jaw dropping. And that's, I think, how Jesus likes it. 
Many of us believe that our brokenness is beyond repair. We believe that our circumstances are beyond redemption and we cannot possibly see how restoration is possible. But as Pastor Eddie wrote in chapter three, our brokenness is the beginning of our breakthrough. And if you are following along in chapter three and you haven't highlighted that that yet, you should highlight that part. Did you know that it's actually God's nature to restore broken things? In the scripture we just read, Jesus literally is saying, my job is to take all the broken things and make them whole again. I, can, I came here to take all your messes that you've made with your sin and your ignorance and restore them. It is by his very nature that God takes broken things and makes them beautiful. This message is called Restoring Broken Pieces. Let's pray. God, nothing I can say will have any positive impact on anybody's life in my own power. But God, I pray that you take these words that you've given me and put your transforming power on them to bring every person into the fullness of healing, freedom, and restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be listening today and you may be thinking that there is no way that God can take your broken walls and rebuild them again. You might be thinking that you're too far gone, that your sin is just too bad, or perhaps that your circumstances have just gone from bad to worse for so long that you just don't think he's paying attention to see your need for restoration. Well, I'm here to tell you that nothing is impossible with God. Your restoration is on its way and you cannot be in the presence of Jesus and not be getting positioned for your breakthrough. Can I say that again? You cannot be in the presence of Jesus and not be getting positioned for your breakthrough. In this message, we're gonna address what seems to be a very confusing topic for a lot of people. Lots of times I hear people say that they're waiting for God to restore, but their lives are not full of faith as you would assume goes along with that. They're hopeless, depressed and bitter, not sure what's taking so long. Maybe others of you are thinking, I've been waiting my whole life for restoration of my broken walls and I just don't know that I really believe him anymore. I've been waiting to see my family, my health, my finances or my marriage be restored and I just don't see how it's gonna happen. I think we've all been there at some point. I know I have. We've all had times in our lives when we've just simply forgotten that it's literally God's nature to restore and deliver. What if you are standing in your own way of deliverance? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Are you ready? The three things that stand in the way of, you, of our restoration are doubt, disappointment, and disillusionment. Doubt, disappointment, and disillusionment will stand in the way of any breakthrough, any promise, any move of God that you're praying for. Let's look at some scriptures about what faith is supposed to look like. So Proverbs chapter three, starting at verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
Like, lean not on your own interpretation of what you think should happen, or what your expectations are, or what you think you would do if you were God. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. We're supposed to trust that God has our back and not try to figure out the process to our restoration on our own. And uh, James chapter 1, verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed, um, driven and tossed by the wind. Let's just say that again. For one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. He basically is saying that those who doubt are susceptible to attacks, storms, and trials. Doubt, disappointment, and disillusionment literally eat away at the foundation of your faith. They create an atmosphere where miracles, breakthrough, and restoration cannot happen. In the Bible, it says that our faith is what attracts the answers to our prayers. We even see Jesus calling out Peter's doubt while he was like, he just, Peter just walked on water. He's walking on water, y'all. And in the middle, he starts to get fear and doubt and falls in the water. And Jesus asks him why he lost faith. Over and over again, Jesus tells people that their faith has healed them that they will be rewarded for their faith, that the gospels mention that when people's hearts were hardened, they did not even believe the miracles that were, they were seeing with their own eyes. But the people who did believe, they saw the glory and magnificence that Jesus was walking in. They were able to see his power, his purpose, his identity as God on earth, here to redeem the world. When they kept his nature, his nature over their expectations, they were able to see him for his true self and not the self that they had created in their heads. Are you imagining a nature for Jesus in your head that doesn't align with scripture? Disappointment. When we let disappointment settle in our hearts, they become sick. Most of you know the scripture, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I gotta be honest, I really battled with that scripture over the years. I'd think if God doesn't want my hope deferred, then why is he taking so long to answer my prayers? Or if God doesn't want my heart to be sick, why doesn't he just do things the way that I want them done? And when we begin to hold him hostage at that point to the expectations that we've created in our own power. But what I've realized over the years is what the scripture really means is that when we lose hope or we put our hope off, we become heartsick. It eats away at our faith in who God is in our lives and what he desires for us. We begin to think like victims being punished and persecuted. That we are powerless to create anything good in our lives, maybe in all areas, but maybe just in a few. We may even start to think that God is not for us and that we are all alone on this journey. 
We start to look at the people's lives that are being blessed and favored and we get envious in our heart. Then we turn our hearts away from the love of God and we begin to try to figure it out on our own, cutting God out of the process completely, leaving ourselves exposed to attack on every side. Can you see how this could be dangerous? You don't want to go down this road too far, do you? Disillusionment. The definition of disillusionment is a feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. Wow. What happens when we discover our marriage isn't a fairy tale? Or that we start our dream job and realize that uh, even our dream job just feels like a job after a while. Or we get a prophetic word that doesn't come to pass in the way we think it's going to or in the timing we thought it was going to. And it begins to uh, feel difficult to hope that anything is going to feel satisfying. It begins um, to become difficult for us to let ourselves get our hopes up again. We become guarded and our connection with our Heavenly Father goes from intimate, exciting, and passionate to an obligation on a checklist to fulfill. The way we approach God matters. When these things are standing in the way of us truly believing that God is who He says He is, kind, loving, all-powerful, protector, provider, redeemer, restorer, defender, lover of our souls, we can no longer take hold of our restoration. And now I know I just told you a bunch of things that are bad for you, and some of you might feel like there's not a lot of hope here. But take heart. If you've had one thing after another beating you down, taking from you, making it impossible to have faith for yourself, there is still great hope because God can restore all things. Right now, he can begin to restore the walls of your faith and your perspective of his nature toward you. He can restore the walls of your love and affection toward him. He can begin to restore your passion for his presence and your desire to know the magnitude of his nature again. He can take all the areas of your life that have been beaten down and destroyed past the point of restoration and do the impossible for you even today. Sometimes in the process of restoration, it can look like God is tearing down those walls. It can look like he's taking a God-sized sledgehammer and just let loose. But it may mean that your walls are built in the wrong places and that God is getting them out of the way so he can build them in the right places. If your journey toward restoration feels just too long, begin to ask him what he's up to. Begin to ask him what he wants to do in your heart in this season that he'd never be able to, to do for you in a season where everything is exactly as it should be. Begin to ask him to show you why he's doing all this tearing down and building back up and how you can partner with him instead of fighting against him and slowing your process down. You know, one of the names of God 
very popular in um, the Jewish community is Yeshua. And Yeshua literally means deliverer. It is in his nature to take all that the enemy meant to destroy your life and bring it to complete restoration. Are you ready for some more good news? Restoration in the kingdom does not mean back to how it was. God does not just take the broken pieces and put them back together. He makes it better than it was before. He restores it to its original design, the design in heaven before sin or death ever touched it. You see, God never wants to go backwards with you to the way something used to be. The story of restoration is a story of his extravagance, of his desire to take what is just okay and make it glorious. I want to read you the original scripture in Isaiah that Jesus was quoting when he stood up in the temple in Nazareth. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards and you will be called priests of the Lord. He will be you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. And this is the best part. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance and they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. That is a promise for you. He will restore back to you double what the enemy stole. A double portion is your inheritance as a child of God. He only has good things for you. He doesn't hold your sin against you or withhold things to punish you. He withholds to protect you, to grow you, to get your roots planted in the right places. He doesn't let the enemy ravage your life with no plan to put it back together better than it was before. Look at Job. His life was restored far beyond what it was before it was destroyed. It was beyond Job's wildest dreams that God could take the wreckage of his life and make it even more beautiful than before. But he did. But when you decide he's not good, that he's not doing a good thing, or that he, he's forgotten you, we close the doors through which God brings our restoration. We close off the doors through which he brings our miracle. Will you open those doors again today? 
Will you release your doubt, your disappointment and disillusionment today and decide to believe again that God is as good as he says he is and that everything he's doing in your life is good. It's for the completion of your restoration. Okay, so if that's you, if you're ready to let that go, I want you to pray this prayer with me now. God, I repent for partnering with doubt, disappointment, and disillusionment. I choose to partner my faith with you again. I believe that when you say all things work out for good of those who love you, that you mean it. Show me every area of my life that I have let doubt sneak in and begin poisoning my view of you. I choose to believe once again that your restoration in my life is going to exceed anything I could think, ask, or imagine. I cancel my agreement with any lies about your nature that have been growing in my heart, blocking my breakthrough. I am open to your will, so I surrender my own will and all of my expectations to you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen, amen. message was so good you might want to play it again or share it with everyone you know for more information on v1 church you'll find us at www.v1.church and restoring the walls by edwin j perez is available on amazon.com